0: Well, we're going to talk about praying secrets from Gethsemane. Jesus went to pray. He, went, he prayed a special prayer. You know, there's a lot of different types of prayer in the Bible. There's intercessory prayer where you pray for someone else. There's the prayer of agreement, you know, where the Bible says, if two agree as in touching whatever they ask, it will be done of my Father in heaven. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? Find someone that you can agree with as in touching. That's an intimacy. That's a, a closeness. There's the prayer of faith. You know that prayer, right? If any are sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them. And the prayer of faith will raise the sick. Amen? Heal the sick. Uh, there's a prayer of consecration where you dedicate something. You consecrate your house or your church or whatever. Uh, that's, that's a prayer. There's a prayer of thanksgiving. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory. It's a prayer. These are different types of prayer. You've got to know which prayer to use at the right time. So Jesus is going to do a prayer, what they call a prayer of supplication. You know what that means? That means this is it. <laughs> you need to hear from God. You're going to petition him. Your heart's going to cry out to him. You need him to answer you right now. You need to hear direction from the Lord. Anybody in that kind of situation where you need some help? And I mean now. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, which is on the Mount of Olives, and Gethsemane means oil press. That means that that's where they had olive gardens, and they would take the olives, and they'd press them and make oil out of them. And sometimes the situations in our life press us to where we have to go to God. There's no place else to turn to, but God, you got to come through for me now. You got, i got to hear from you. You've been there? Amen. Amen. So that's what Jesus did. And let's look at the scripture here. We got three uh, uh, passages, Matthew 26, 36 through 39. It says, then Jesus, or then comes Jesus with them to a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be, what? Sorrowful. Sorrowful and very heavy. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Sorrowful and very heavy. It goes on. Then he said unto them, my soul is what? Exceeding sorrowful, even until death. Wait a minute. This is Jesus, the Son of God. This is, you know, God in the flesh. Sorrowful? Exceeding sorrowful? Even until death? You know, in another uh, gospel, it says that he was bleeding great drops of blood. Right? You remember that passage? He was sweating great drops of blood while he was praying. And I looked that up, and that's possible. In fact, it's a, there's a medical term for it. It's where you see your, your sweat glands are near your blood vessels, and the blood vessels are bursting, and they get mixed with your sweat, and it comes out with blood. You ever, anybody ever prayed that way? Huh. Not yet, huh? Not yet. So <laughs> I, was, I, I can relate to it because ta- I'm taking a course, uh, Regina, a master's course in um, strategic leadership At uh, Life Pacific College, and so they have—I have to give an eight to ten-page report every quarter, and I'm going like, "Oh my God, I haven't been to school in 45 years." Okay, and they've got all these terms and things that you have to—you know—ways, form, formats, the way you have to do it, and I'm—I'm stressing out. I'm going like, "Okay, what am I going to do here?" You know, they ask six questions. They want you to put it in 250 words. I go, "What do you just ask one question? What do you got to ask six questions for?" And then you got to have this quote and quote that thing. And I'm going, Charles, is this the way it is? Yeah, that's the way it is, Dad. Okay, well, whatever. So I'm, I'm studying and I'm trying to make sense out of this thing. And I'm go, I go to the bathroom and I just spit out some saliva. And guess what? Water and blood. What? I, blood. Blood. I'm going, oh, this can't be. This is not, this is not. The Lord is with me. I told my mind, you settle down. Spirit, you calm down. The Lord is with you. Let's get through this thing. And sure enough, it went away. But then the next time I had to do a report, same thing happened, spitting of blood. Oh, I thought I got rid of that. Just calm down, calm down. Well, Jesus is praying so heavily, so intently, that blood is coming out through his pores. That's pretty intense, isn't it? Even until They said that if Jesus, if the angel didn't come and strengthen him, he would have had a premature death right there in the garden. He would have gone into shock, cardiac arrest, and pff, no crucifixion. So that's how serious he's praying intently, right? This is supplication. Now check this out. And he went a little farther and fell on his face. Fell on his face? What is that all about? We like to be you know, nice and pretty when we pray, you know? Real dignified, you know? Holy Father, we come before you today. You know, what what are we, movie stars? (laughs) What are we, celebrities or something? When I first heard this, that, you know, there's a prayer of supplication where you lay prostate on the floor, I said, oh, it can't be that serious. Who, who, Who would ever get in that situation where you have to call out to the Lord by laying down? That was me in the seats, right where you are. And I went, poo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And then guess what? A couple months later, I got in a situation that I needed some help from the Lord. Guess what I did? <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. I just because oh I need, Oh you know, Lord! Oh Jesus! I didn't care. I didn't care. I had to get as low as I could go. Amen? Yes. What are they? I had to. And he came through. He came through. But I had to get so low, you know, they, they say you got to eat some carpet some <laughs> Well, put in your, your memory bank if you ever need it, you, got, you get low, you know, because it's a humbleness. It's, it's a surrender to the Lord. It's giving yourself to him and saying, Lord, I can't do it. I'm, I'm just nothing. I am low. But, Lord, you are high. You can help me. And the Lord has come through each and every time. Now, let's look at the way Jesus prayed here. You ready? He said, O oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now, why is Jesus praying that? He knows he has to go to the cross. He's been telling his disciples for three years, I'm going to be nailed. Three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. Why is he praying this to, to the Father? Because this is it. This is his last-ditch prayer. He said, if there's any way that this cup, if there's any possibility that we can do an, go another route, do it a different way, let, um, this is my last prayer. What do you say, Lord? Now, why would Jesus pray that? Because he'd seen God change his direction with many people in the Bible. Remember Abraham? He told Abraham, I'm going to wipe out the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's talk about this a minute. Would you wipe out the whole city for 50 righteous? The Lord said, no, I wouldn't wipe it out for 50. He said, what about 50 minus 5? You wouldn't, you wouldn't wipe it out for 50 minus 5. No, I wouldn't. 45, well, yeah, that's fine. And 40 and 30 and 20. You all know, you all do that to your dad, huh? You know, dad, is there any other way? You know, my my son, when we were going to spank him, he'd say, uh, is there any other compensation, any other punishment that we do besides spanking? Let's talk about it. Is it going to be hard? Is it going to be soft? What is it going to be? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you start thinking quick, right? <laughs> so he. And then with Moses, remember, God told Moses, listen, these people are murmuring and they're complaining. I've had it. I'm fed up. Stand aside. I'm going to wipe them out. And Moses said, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you do that, the the Egyptians are going to say you weren't strong enough to keep them, that you brought them out just to destroy them. And they'll think that you're not a a real God. And he said, "Okay, all right, let's work with them a little bit more. How about God told Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and pray because they're uh, preach." because their wickedness has come before me. And so Jonah preached, then God saw that they repented, and then he didn't do anything to them. He changed his mind, so to speak, but he already knew what they were going to do. But it seemed like there was a change in direction. How about Hezekiah? God told Isaiah, go tell Hezekiah his days are numbered. He's going to die. He's not going to recover from this illness. Tell him that. Isaiah goes in there and says, guess what, Hezekiah? God said, the jig is up. You're done. It's over. In fact, get your business in order, you're gone. Now, if the prophet, big prophet Isaiah, comes to your house and says that, you think it's over, right? But Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and starts praying, weeping, and and sackcloth, and and ashes, and, and, and before Isaiah even got out of the building, out of the temple, God tells him, all right, tell him you got 15 more years. So Jesus knows this. So Jesus is praying, hey, can we just bypass this crucifixion thing? Maybe just kind of do it like virtual reality or something and not really go through it. And he didn't get that answer. He didn't get that. he, he got to go through it. So he says, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, right? So the next slide says, and he cometh unto the disciples and found them asleep. Wait a minute, did we skip one? Yeah, okay, he found them asleep. And said unto Peter, <laughs> I like the way the King James is, and there's this little word there called what? And we don't know the tone of voice that Jesus talked in when he's writing this, but if it was me, I'd go, and I told my disciples to go and pray, and they're sleeping, and I'd come back, and I'd say, what? What are you doing? What's the matter, you? You know? <laughs> what? Could you not watch with me one hour? And we're reading our Bibles and go, oh, those disciples. Pfft. They can't even pray one hour. Oh, let me ask. How, how long do you pray? Hmm. You, you, you pray, what, five, ten minutes, you know? <laughs> Can you not watch with me one hour? Well, I watch TV, you know, like three hours a day. I work out an hour and a half, and... You know, I'm texting all the time, but prayer, mm, can't really say that I do that. So, what's the average time that you pray? What's the longest you've ever prayed? You know, I have to tell myself, okay, I'm going to pray one hour, okay? And, you know, because there's distractions. Your mind has got all kinds of distractions in it. You've got to empty the trash. You've got to pay a bill. You've got to make sure there's something, turn the sprinklers on. All these things that come through your mind. But you have to determine yourself, I'm going to pray, I'm going to set my clock. Not that, you know, God is watching the clock, but you know what? You have to have a devotion towards him. You have to put aside everything, all your cell phones, all all your uh, TVs, everything that would, all your texting, everything that would prevent itself from being alone with God. Praise God. See, prayer is how we invite God into our situation. No prayer, no power. No prayer, God just sits on the outside waiting for you to invite him in. Prayer is an indication of your spiritual health and your relationship with God. Charles was saying it. If you don't don't pray, you don't have a relationship with God. You might think you do. You know, you might acquiesce and say, "I, I know him, but I don't really talk to him. So we invite God into our situation. And so let me ask you: is your prayer exciting? Are you excited when you pray to God, or is it drudgery? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray now. Let us pray. <laughs> Are you excited? You know, they say you start in the flesh and you end up in the spirit. You know, God's not going to just all of a sudden come down on you and go, okay, let's pray. I mean, he does at times, but most of the times you have to make the effort first, then he follows along, then he meets you and and takes you through. And sometimes it takes a little time to get to that point, but you force and you press your way through, just like Jesus had to press his way through. So drawing near to God is when you seek him, you acknowledge him, you inquire of him, and you require him to move on your behalf. Amen? So here's my question. Is God your steering wheel or is he your spare tire? <laughs> Do you use him to drive through life or you just call on him when you need help? Oh, I got a, spot, I got a flat tire here, Lord. Can you just help me out? <laughs> Let him be the driving force in your life. Okay, let's go on with this story here. So he, he said to the disciples, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We all know that, right? He went again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. You see a progression here. First, he says, I don't really want to do this. Lord, I don't really want to go to the cross, but I will, if you say so, I will. Now his prayer is, okay, I guess I have to go through it. I'm going to do it. I'm not excited about it. I'm not going to do any jumping jacks, but I will do it. Have you ever been there with the Lord? You go there and you tell, Lord, this person has not been good to me. This person has been wrong to me. She's done me wrong. This person borrowed money. They haven't paid me back. This person has been mean to me. And, and you want me to forgive them? You want me to love them? You want me to buy them something? you got to be crazy. Don't you know? Don't you see what's going on here? <laughs> and God just very steadfastly, very you know, convincingly says, no, you you, you got you to gotta do this. Amen? We had a testimony at our Bible study at, at, at my work. This lady uh, had a terrible time with her mom, uh, kind of like your, your story. But it, her mom would give all the other brothers and sisters gifts, presents, money, and leave her out all the, all the time. Even devised a will and left her daughter out. I mean, the handwriting's on the wall, huh? <laughs> And she talks mean to her. She doesn't invite her to things. And it, it's just terrible. So, she, and the, the woman, when she comes to Bible study, whenever we ta- start talking about mothers, she starts crying and she's uncontrollable. And she has to leave the room. It's just hard for her to, to take it. So finally, you know, and she, she goes to yoga classes to get rid of the stress and everything. I, I said, try a little First Corinthians 13, you know. Maybe that love scripture will get on you. And that'll help you. So she was doing it for a while. So she came uh, back uh, this week after Mother's Day. She says, you know, my brothers and sisters went, on Mother's Day, they went to Las Vegas to have a good old time and left my mother all by herself in her apartment. And she said, I went to the Lord and prayed. And I said, Lord, this isn't right. They left her, and that's my mother alone on Mother's Day. But I don't really want to go there and help her. I don't want to, you know, she's so mean to me. And she said she was fighting back and forth. What should I do? I don't want to do it, oh, Lord. And the Lord told her, you got to do it, do it, do it. I'll, I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. So she said, I finally realized, just like Jesus, if it be thy will, I'll do it. So she went over, got her um, mother, brought her over to the house, cooked for her, took care of her. Even her mother was saying, I don't like that food. I don't like it. She said, Mom. Come on. (laughs) She said her mom was really big. She had to, like, push her up the stairs to get her up there. I mean, she worked on Mother's Day. (laughs) But she did the will of the Father. Amen? Being a Christian is not always easy, is it? And Jesus was our example. He first says, I don't want to do it, but if I got to do it, I'm going to do it. And let's see this next uh, slide. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Now, what are they sleeping? They didn't call him to come and sleep. called him to come and pray. Now, the disciples—they like the fun stuff, you know. They like the, you know, like the multiplying the loaves and the fishes. You know, we like that. You know, the Mount of Transfiguration where we see Elijah. And Mo, oh, we like that. That's cool. I know, casting out devils, healing the sick, <clears throat> but praying. Eh, we're not really that into that. <laughs> you know, churches all over America have thousands of people come to church, but if they had a prayer meeting at night, <laughs> maybe 10, 10 people show up ready to pray. Praise the Lord, we had seven people praying today before service at 11 o'clock. Amen? Hopefully that keeps me uh, energized here. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they don't... They like the fun stuff, but the, we don't realize that prayer moves the hands of God. Nothing happens until you pray. When you pray, you start things in motion. You start God working on your behalf. So he said, uh, he come to his disciples. Uh, oh, He just left them, 44, he said, I, and he left them, went away. He said, these guys are not waking up. And prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto him, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Do you notice a little different tone of voice in Jesus? Before he says, Father, if this cup would pass, if you could just take this away from me, I, that would be fantastic. Then he said, well, I'll do it. You know, I'm not excited about it. But now he says, now he's got a place of victory. Now he knows, this is what I'm going to do. This is the will of God. This is how I'm going to carry this out. He said, rise, disciples, let us be going. In other words, I got it. I got the victory. I'm ready to go to face whatever I have to face. He is that hand that that doth betray me. Amen? So I have uh, four points that I'm going to share with you real quickly. But before we do, we're going to show a little video from the Passion of Christ, which portrays how he was praying in the garden. And I like what he says in that one part of it. He says, "I was praying away from them because I didn't want them to see what I was going through. It was such anguish, such torment." And here we go. What he said, he said, "I didn't want the others to see me this way." Prayer is work. Sometimes when you have to travail and inter- intercede on your behalf, you know it, it, it's a thing where you have to just let it all hang out. You wouldn't want people to be watching you when you're doing this. It's a private thing where you have to make your petitions known unto God. It's kind of like working out. You ever work out and, 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 and you're sweating and you're, you're exhausted and you've given all your hair's all messed up and your clothes aren't right and, and you know you, want, you don't want to meet anybody that way. But Have you seen these guys that work out and, and they don't sweat at all? They, they, just, they just walk around and talk on their cell phones and they just, yeah, I, I you know I used to do that I, you know, <laughs> I, I could bench press that You know, If you don't sweat, if you don't work out, you don't get any answers, right? You have to dig down deep and get uh, the results from the Lord. So I got four points that I want to share with you. First thing is the place. You notice Jesus went away to a private place, a place that he used to pray with, pray a, a lot. In fact, Judas, who wasn't with him at the time when the Roman soldiers said, Where do you think he is? I think he's praying at Gethsemane. The place where Jesus went. Remember, Jesus, the Bible says, he went out a great while before day to pray. That was his habit. What time is, is daylight? Six o'clock, right? What's a great while before day? Four, three, great while before day. We're sleeping. Man, the disciples are sleepers. And, and, and Jesus is out there praying, right? Right? So he went to a place. You ever go to a place where you feel comfortable, a restaurant that you go to, and it's comfortable? You know what you want to order, the seat, you know, where you sit, and, and the waitresses, you know, they're, they're kind to you. They know, you, know, you know exactly you know, the way they are, the relationship and everything. It's comfortable. Same thing when you go to pray in your place of prayer. Jesus said, go to the secret place, go to your prayer closet. So that you can pray in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you have to go to a place where you're comfortable, where you can allow the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of you, and He dwells in that place waiting for you to come. Oh, yes, He is. (laughs) Do you know, in the Old Testament, you know, uh, God... Form the holy of holies. This is a place where I'm going to talk to my priests. I'm going to set it up. You've got the sacrifices. You've got the washing of the hands, and then you go into the holy of holies. Moses had what they call a tent of meetings, a tent of meeting. He would have his tent, you know, a separate tent, and he would set it there. And when God wanted to meet him, he said, "I'll meet you over in the tent." Yeah. He would go to the tent and wait for the Lord, the glory cloud to come, and all the children of Israel would be outside their tents looking, oh, looky, looky, God going in to see Moses. And then Moses would come with that white face because he'd been in the presence of the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit will dwell in cloth too. Did you know that? When you pray in your bed, that spirit will get in your sheets. Oh, yes. Yes. In the Bible, it says that when Paul was praying, they brought handkerchiefs and aprons to him. He would rub them and take them out, and they, the sick would get healed, and demons would leave out of people's bodies. So they can have that happen. But remember the woman with the issue of blood? She said, if I could just touch, what? This cl- some cloth. The anointing was in the cloth. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. When I come home at night and if I had a hard day and my, I have a, a, a room that I pray, I'm going to call it the prophet's room anyway, <laughs> and I pray there in the sheets and I just let the Holy Spirit come. When I come home and I haven't prayed and I just hit that bed, I can feel the Holy Ghost. Me. Oh, thank you for embracing me. Thank you for comforting me. You know, Smith Wiggersworth told a story about how a, he was at a minister. Uh, at a church, ministering for the whole week, and in those days they would have host families that would come, or they would they would allow him to come to their house and they could sleep in their bed, and, and so he slept in this one couple's bed. And at the end of the week, the wife said, "You know, my husband, he's not saved. Will you pray for him?" <laughs> and she, he said, or she said, uh, uh, he said to her, "Don't worry about it. Just don't change the sheets." She said, "Okay." So he got in bed, the, the, old, the, the, the husband, and as soon as he got in bed, he hopped out and he goes, oh, my God. Got on his knees, said, I'm a sinner, I need to get saved. Why? The Holy Spirit was in the bed, in the cloth. So if you've got kids that aren't acting right, just go in their bed and just roll yourself <laughs> on there, and just pray, Holy Ghost, just get all over this, amen? So first thing is a place. Second thing, let's see, let's see a picture of this. Jesus went to a place called... Gethsemane, as his manner of customs was. We have another. Here's a family praying together. Notice everyone's awake. I was telling my son it'd probably be good if Jesus had his disciples like that, so they would stay awake, right? <laughs> but isn't it nice to pray in a particular place by your bed? The second thing is personal. It has to be personal. The Lord wants to hear us to uh, he wants to hear us pray from our own mouth. Not our mother, not our father, not the intercessory prayer group. They want to hear us pray. They want to hear us speak the words of God. You know, prayer is a private, personal encounter of intimacy with God. It's alone time. It's separation. It's a disengagement of others. And, and so, are we, are we at a point now where we're afraid to talk to God? We can't calm down and settle down and talk to Him and be open and honest with Him? He wants to hear us talk to him. We have to get alone and see the revelation that he has for our lives. How can you get directions if you don't talk to the director, if you don't talk to him? You know, the disciples, the Lord asked them to pray. Did they pray? No, they're sleeping. Like my son was saying, you ask people, uh, pray for me in this situation. Is that you just leave it there and hope that they pray, and if they don't pray, you're sunk? No, you have to pray out of your own mouth. God wants to hear you pray. Isn't that nice to know that he? Everyone else can be praying, but if you're not praying, it's like at the church here. When people say they can't come to the church, they can't come that day. Well, it's we're having a good time, but I miss them in my heart. There's one person that's not here that I know, and I wish they were here. That's just a family, uh, the way God thinks and the way a pastor thinks. Just like your father and mother, you know, you can have all the brothers and sisters there, but if there's just one brother or sister that's not there, it's like it's not complete. We're not all here. Something's missing, and God wants to hear you out of your mouth. Amen? Amen? Let's see. And there's nothing more beautiful than to see someone in prayer, isn't it? If it's beautiful for us, you know he's connecting with God. He's making a connection to the Almighty. He's getting inside information and things in his life. It's beautiful for us to see, but it's even more beautiful for God to see. Someone taking complete, total dedication to you. I know my wife, she likes me to have complete, total focus and attention on her. Don't be walking around the house. Don't be looking at the TV. I want you and me. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Then the second thing is posture. Third thing. He took a position of humbleness and brokenness. He fell on his face. This is the Lord Jesus. He fell on his face. Another gospel, it says he, he got on his knees. Have we lost that art, too, of praying on our knees? We don't pray on our knees anymore. We sit down. We're in the lounge chair, whatever. We just, like, oh, Jesus. And then we give Jesus our to-do list, right? Can you go over here and heal that person? And I need some finances over there, and. So-and-so needs a new bike. And if you can take all that care of all that, I'd be happy. Thank you. <laughs> Remember when we were young, our parents used to get us on our knees on the bed? They would teach us. This is what you do. This is how this showing an outward show of what's happening on the inside. You're, de- you're, you're submitting to the Lord. So posture is very important, right? You don't you wouldn't go for an interview of a, of a um, for, for a job and just take a lazy boy type attitude chair, right? Oh, yeah, I really want this job. <sighs> What's your biggest asset? Oh, my energy. I have a lot of energy. <laughs> but uh, now, now, here's the other thing is, see, our posture shows our, our position with the Lord. And notice in one, one other translation, it says that the disciples were a stone's throw away from Jesus. Now how far is the stones throw away? But 10 yards? 15 yards? How far you can throw it? He doesn't mean like throw it, but just throw it. And a lot of people are that way with Jesus. Just close enough to see him, but I don't want him to get into my life. Don't want him to get too close, too personal, too, you know, talking to me so much about my life. I got Jesus over here. (laughs) Don't want to be too close to him. A stone's throw away. Jesus wants to get up front, close, and personal with us. Amen? So, um, yeah, that's it for that. The The posture. So here's a man that is, he's serious. He's serious that he wants to be in close proximity to the Lord. Are we that way? Do, do we have a dedication? Does, can God look at us and say, okay, that person is serious? Like Hezekiah, his face went to the wall. He separated himself. He says, I'm serious, Lord, and we have to be serious with the Lord. And the last thing is you have to have a purpose. Jesus had a purpose in his prayer. He wanted to get the will of God in his life and get strength for his assignment. You know, we, we can't have vague prayers, We can't have non-specific oh just bless Richard, Sally, bless him, Lord, whatever. (laughs) Take care of this person, you know. No, he wants be specific. What do they need? What do you need? What needs to happen in your in your life? Be specific. Have a purpose. Jesus went with a purpose to find the will of God. And he got his answer, did he not? And he got his strength. And so we have to be that way in our own lives. We have to find a place where we can be alone with God. He wants to be with us. You know, we were at a, a district conference, and uh, one of the supervisors is retiring, and she was saying, it's good to know that I can be alone with God, but it's even more important that God wants to be alone with me. Isn't that nice? And she was re- relaying, I was going to share this with you, With uh, Jerry a uh, got a big church in Anaheim, The Rock, and... Uh, So he would always make a big deal when his daughters would would get up in the morning. And his daughters would get up, you know, all like tattered, and and he he would just look at them. Oh, oh, you're up. Right? And that's what God does to us. Oh, oh, you're up. (laughs) He loves us that much. And now the daughters are grown, and they still look for the father to do the same thing. They come into the room and go, Daddy, I'm in the room. <laughs> I'm here. Oh, oh. <laughs> so remember, when you go to the place, that God is there with you and happy to see that you're there. Get personal with him. Open your heart up and say, I don't want to do this. I don't know how I can do this. Can you help me? Why do I have to do this? <laughs> Show me in the Bible <laughs> where I have to do this. And your posture, be serious with him. Put your heart out and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to petition you. I'm going to lay prostrate. I'm going to kneel. I'm going to bow. You ever bow before the, you ever get on your knees and bow before the Lord? Just worship him because he's so great. So I think he likes that. I, I don't think he thinks it's silly. You know, uh, what's her name? Uh, David's wife. Uh, huh? Micah. Said, you're dancing like a fool out there, king. He said, I'll, do, I'll dance even more crazy for the Lord. So do what you have to do in your posture. And then you have a purpose. Be specific. Let the Lord tell you, tell him, I, this is what I need. I need this. And I need you to act in my behalf. Can we, can we do this? Can we get a witness? So, Father, I thank you that as we have come together to hear your words of encouragement, to find a place, get personal with you, develop a posture that shows that we're humble and meek before you. And, Lord, let us be specific in when we pray. Oh, Lord, I feel your presence now. You're drawing your people by your presence, by your spirit. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor, and all agreed said, Amen. amen and amen.